Japan's defense minister met his Chinese counterpart last Sunday at the Shangri-La Dialogue in Singapore. Japan's Kishi Nabuo conveyed his country's concerns over China's military expansionism. He also emphasized the significance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait, saying the issue was of utmost importance to Japan. Meanwhile, Taiwan's National Security Council chief is preparing to meet U.S. officials for the annual Monterey Talks to discuss arms sales and the defense of Taiwan. Japanese Defense Minister Kishi Nobuo and his Chinese counterpart Wei Fenghe met at the Shangri-La Dialogue in Singapore on Sunday. It was their first in-person encounter in two and a half years. Because there are unresolved issues between our two countries, frank communication is now more important than ever. In the future, we will continue to promote dialogue and exchanges between Chinese and Japanese defense officials. The two ministers spoke for over an hour. Kishi expressed concerns over China's activities in the South China Sea and the East China Sea, including around the Diaoyutai Islands, known in Japan as the Senkakus. Kishi also spoke about tensions in the Taiwan Strait, saying Japan was paying close attention. Kishi said Japan's fundamental position on Taiwan had not changed. He emphasized the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait, saying the issue was of utmost importance to Japan and the international community. The emphasis Japan is placing on peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait is perhaps stronger than what people had imagined. It's so strong that during this meeting with Chinese Defense Minister Wei Fenghe, Kishi directly presented his country's position without fear of a strong reaction by China. He fully defended Japan's security interests in the Sea of Japan, South China Sea, and East China Sea. It's not only former Prime Minister Abe Shinzo and Kishi, but also Prime Minister Kishida Fumio and mainstream public opinion in Japan. They all believe that a problem in the Taiwan Strait would be a problem for Japan. Meanwhile, the U.S. is also concerned about stability in the Taiwan Strait. The issue will be discussed this month at the Monterey Talks in Washington, which will be attended by National Security Council Secretary General Wellington Koo. The two sides are expected to discuss arms sales and the strengthening of Taiwan's defenses, among other related topics. Regarding the specifics of the talks, due to convention and a tacit understanding between Taiwan and the U.S., we cannot go into that. I can say that our two countries will continue to deepen our partnership on the basis of a solid pre-existing foundation. The officials said Taiwan will deepen its cooperation with the U.S., Japan and other like-minded nations to counter the continued Chinese threat. China should think twice before attacking Taiwan, the legislative speaker warned last Sunday. In an online address, Speaker Yoshikun said that Taiwan's Yunfeng missile could travel as far away as Beijing. Yo revealed that the missile was now in mass production. He said Taiwan did not plan to target, hit targets in Chinese cities, but that it had the capacity to do so. Also commenting on the Yunfeng, an expert said the missile's main role was to serve as a deterrent against conflict. <laughs> In a speech on insights gathered from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun said that Taiwan must prepare itself for a similar scenario. He also described the strengths Taiwan would have in a conflict. China is geographically very close to Taiwan, but the two are separated by the Taiwan Strait. Of course, that strait serves as a natural barrier. However, if the people are unwilling to fight, then the best weapons, the best natural defenses like the Taiwan Strait, 
will be of no use. In the end, the most important thing is to be self-reliant. Yo said that the domestically produced Yunfeng supersonic surface-to-surface -surface cruise missile was already being mass-produced, and that the new missile had sufficient range to strike targets in Beijing. When I was Premier, I already knew a little about the Yunfeng missile. Now it is being mass-produced, and it's capable of striking Beijing. We don't plan to bring the fight to Beijing, Shanghai, and the Three Gorges Dam. We won't do that. However, we have the ability to do that. If you, China, think about attacking Taiwan, you had better think carefully, because who knows, maybe the greater losses will be suffered by you. Taiwan's existing missile systems, including its Harpoon and HIMARS systems, are capable of striking Shenzhen and other coastal cities in China. Its Xiongfeng-2E missiles can strike the area surrounding Shanghai. An upgraded version of the Xiongfeng-2E can even hit targets farther inland, such as Wuhan. According to some estimates, Taiwan's longest-range missile, the Yunfeng, can potentially hit targets 2,000 kilometers away, acting as a powerful deterrent for the country's military. American think tanks have put the range of the Yunfeng at somewhere between 900 and 1,200 kilometers, which means it can hit targets in the middle of China. The Yunfeng was meant for taking out China's airports and radar stations, or troop rally points. It is absolutely impossible that it would be used on civilian targets. With China unwilling to renounce the use of force, Taiwan is focusing on strengthening its defensive capabilities. China has begun a ban on live grouper imports from Taiwan. The ban was announced last Friday and took effect today. China claimed it had found two prohibited chemicals, malachite green and crystal violet, as well as excessive levels of oxytetracycline. China's ban is the latest of several moves against Taiwan imports. After bans on pineapples, sugar apples and wax apples, Taiwan's agricultural ministry has decried Beijing and said it may take the issue to the World Trade Organization. The ministry said it would provide marketing support to fish farmers affected by the suspension. Live grouper is one of Taiwan's major aquatic exports. Last Friday evening, China said it had found banned drugs multiple times in Taiwan's grouper products. It said it would suspend the import of all Taiwanese grouper starting June 13th. I hope that China will respond to us positively. If it does not, we don't rule out going to the Committee on Sanitary and Phytosanitary Measures of the World Trade Organization to file a complaint about this issue. There has never been another country that directly suspended all imports due to a substance exceeding the standard. At most, the shipments are destroyed or returned. We believe that China is in non-compliance with international norms. Since last year, China has announced twice that Taiwanese grouper failed inspections. But a review conducted by Taiwan did not detect impurities. This January, China suspended live grouper from two Taiwanese farms. Taiwan authorities once again conducted its own inspection, but found no evidence of banned drugs. It made repeated failed efforts to communicate with Chinese authorities. Every time, we responded to the claims with technical tests and field visits. We never found any irregularities. We also issued replies to Chinese authorities, but they never responded. China's grouper ban follows its ban on Taiwanese pineapple and wax apples. Premier Su Jianchang had strong words for Beijing. China is being utterly unreasonable. It should not violate international norms. But this is the way it is. It couldn't find a shred of evidence, and we provided our test results, but never received a response. This is political interference in trade. But Taiwan's government will not allow our fishery farmers to suffer. 
Last year, Taiwan exported some 6,681 metric tons of grouper. 90% of it was shipped to China, or about 36% of Taiwan's total grouper production. Between this January and May, Taiwan has already exported more than 3,000 metric tons of grouper to China and Hong Kong, so the ban will block an estimated 3,600 metric tons of export. To cushion the impact, Taiwan's agriculture ministry will work to adjust the industry's production volume and timeline. It plans to promote domestic sales and to help farmers expand their overseas markets. Following a rout on Wall Street, a sharp sell-off hit the TIEX on Monday, led by TSMC, MediaTek and other chip stocks. The finance and electronic sectors also took heavy damage. The bourse lost 2.36% to close at 16,070 points on reduced turnover of 229.2 billion NT. Over on the Forex market, the Taiwan dollar weakened by 0.158 NT, closing at 29.742 NT against the greenback. Inga Ceramics Museum has launched a new exhibition from Israel. For three months, the new Taipei institution presents highlights from the Tel Aviv Biennale of Craft and Design. The show named Crossing the Boundaries features works in ceramics and metal, as well as audiovisual exhibits. For viewers looking for an intercultural exchange in these restricted times, New Taipei is the place to be. Here we are at Inga Ceramics Museum. In the center of the hall, two naked children peer at something on the ground, a ceramic installation flown here all the way from Israel. Everything from their posture to the hairs on their heads is highly evocative. This international collaboration has brought unedited original work all the way from Tel Aviv's art scene to New Taipei. Out of 250 pieces, the most brilliant 13 have come here to Inga. I'm sure that, although we can't go abroad in this pandemic, we can still broaden our horizons and have a wonderful time. This ceramic mural depicts a middle-aged man asleep on a sofa, cell phone in hand. These ceramic dolls have been finished with gold leaf applique. Israel is a cultural melting pot and boasts more than 200 museums nationwide. It has the highest number of museums per capita in the world. The Eretz Israel Museum has a large collection of artifacts. This ceramics exhibition has come to Inga in New Taipei for a three-month exchange. We feel terribly honored to have such a wonderful artwork come here to use for an international exchange, even during the pandemic. We welcome everyone to come to Inga Ceramics Museum, when you get a chance, to appreciate these artworks, which are such a rare catch for us, and to understand the culture and the artistic achievements of Israel. Despite the pandemic, global exchanges must go on. Art is always crossing borders, and this exhibition has burst through more barriers than most. The CECC reported some 45,000 local cases on Monday, marking a one-month low. Although the epidemic is slowing, officials fear a new COVID wave fueled by an emerging viral strain. Taiwan has detected its first cases of the BA.4 and BA.5 Omicron subvariants. Something in particular we're reporting today is the detection of new Omicron strains, the BA4 and BA5. Last week, we conducted genetic sequencing on 57 imported COVID cases. Four of them involved the BA5 subvariant, and one was the BA4. They account for 7% and 2% of the sequenced cases, respectively. The remaining 50 or so cases all involve the BA2 variant, so there are still relatively few mutant strains at present. 
As for the local cases we've genetically sequenced, so far, no mutant strains have been detected. The BA4 and BA5 subvariants have now been found in more than 40 countries. There's, they're more contagious than previous variants and are better able to evade vaccine immunity and cause reinfections. How do you go on holiday in a pandemic? Many of us are choosing options that will take us far from the crowd. And that means business is booming for the camping and outdoor industries. There's even a trend for deep cleaning vehicles as folks decide to get their cars disinfected before heading off for a long spell on the road. Pop out the tent, slide in the poles, and it's ready to go in no time. This tent can attach to the back of a family car. With anxieties high about the spread of COVID, people want to avoid indoor venues with big crowds. That's prompted an exodus for the great outdoors. There's lots of fresh air. It's a nice environment. I think I'd prefer to go camping with my family rather than going to a hotel. Personally, thinking about my children, the city is full of crowds, so we have to head toward the outskirts of the city. The camping gear industry is booming, with demand high for camping lights, atmospheric lamps, camping tables and chairs, and all the other necessities for a sojourn in nature. Because of the pandemic, our camping essential store has gradually seen profits grow. Transport is key in any camping trip. But as soon as you start the car, you're bringing a whole ecosystem of germs along with you. And disinfecting a car isn't as simple as a quick squirt of alcohol. Hot steam is blown through the air conditioning system, disinfecting the pipes and neutralizing any odors. Then, another machine is hooked up with a plastic tube to circulate ozone thoroughly. It's easy for seats and handles to accumulate dirt and grime. Cleaners give them a painstaking scrub with a proprietary cleaning agent. We're going out as a whole family in the pandemic, so we need to get the whole car disinfected. Yes, safety first. We've got 30 to 40 percent repeat customers in the last two weeks. This cleaning company will brighten up your vehicle both inside and out, giving the car a complete deep clean. Their profits are going up right now, bucking the trend of many industries upset by COVID. Taoni Shuttler Daiziying has earned a doctoral degree from the University of Taipei's Graduate Institute of Sports Training. She's currently in Jakarta preparing for the Indonesia Open. But she recorded a video message that was played at her school's graduation ceremony on Monday. Athletics are hard work, but you also can't give up on schoolwork. School increases your knowledge, and it can also be helpful to your sports career, as it can help you find new approaches to solving the problems you encounter. When you encounter difficulties, you may feel sad or cry, but you can't give up. If you believe in yourself and persevere, you won't feel regret when you look back at your life. You only get one go at life, so let's work together and give it our all. Dai earned her bachelor's, master's, and PhD at the same school, the University of Taipei. Throughout her studies, she kept up with her training, excelling in her sport on the world stage. Jilong senior high student Tang Yutian flicks through a book. Growing up in poverty, Tang was known by teachers to skip meals. The teachers would all say, we must save a lunchbox from the meeting for Tang Yutian. 
and I would wonder, who's that? Eventually, I realized he was a student in the next room with a really tough family situation. Tang was brought up by his loving father and was always a very promising student. He gained a place in the mathematical sciences stream at Jilong High, but then tragedy struck. Tang's father was confined to bed with a terminal illness and they lost their income. Tang had to care for his father while still at school. As his classmates focused on their homework, Tang was worrying about how to pay the bills and cover his dad's medical expenses. When they operated, they found lots of tumors, and that's when we realized it was cancer. There was nothing for it. He went into hospital. I was just about to take my college entrance exams. I promised him that I would get into a good university. His father was frequently suffering. He went in and out of hospital. So I asked him what he was going to do about his living expenses. He said he'd saved up a lot of his scholarship money and would spend that first. When Tung's father passed away, funeral costs were added to the young man's burden. He paid for them with scholarship money. When the school found out, they began a fundraiser to help their struggling pupil. Meanwhile, Tang was working hard. He aced his exams and gained six offers from different universities. The alumni had a fundraiser. Everyone did as much as they possibly could. We wanted to help bring some fortune to this child at his darkest hour, give him a path toward a smooth and happy future. I'm so grateful to them. If it weren't for their help, I probably wouldn't have chosen to stay in school at that point. It's been a tough few years for this young man, but with his determination to thrive and lots of help from friends and supporters, it will get better. Candied plums and sour plum juice are two iconic Taiwan traditions, but have you ever seen the plum harvest? Many of Taiwan's plums grow high up on trees in the steepest parts of Taiwan's mountains. Harvest has historically been a dangerous and labor-intensive affair, but with improvements to ladders, the work is getting easier. Let's head to Nantou, Xingyi County to learn more. These plum trees grow three or four metres tall on steep mountainsides. The plum harvest is a serious business. Each section of this aluminum centipede ladder is 1.5 metres long. You can stick two together, fix them with screws and attach the hook to the branch of a tree. At the bottom are two sturdy iron bars that attach firmly to the ground, forming a solid scaffolding to climb up. It's nice and portable, all made of aluminum, safe, not too heavy, and it's easy to move when I want to. Xinyi Farmers Association reps told us how ladders have evolved over the years. In years gone past, they made do with fixed triangular ladders and movable triangular ladders that were more suited to sloping terrain. Now they have the centipede ladder, which is supremely easy to transport and can be fitted to all kinds of different landforms. In the early days, the equipment we used was all heavier and more cumbersome. The shape of the ladders these days really helps improve the efficiency of our harvest. Some farmers' associations have also been promoting the cultivation of plum trees to a lower height. That makes harvesting easier, of course. And with the constant improvement of ladders and other equipment, plum harvesting is becoming a safer occupation. Taiwan enjoyed a break from the rain on Monday as skies cleared and temperatures soared nationwide. Highs reached 34 degrees Celsius in most parts of the country and hit 36 degrees in Pingdong and along the east coast. But forecasters say the fair weather won't last long. A new front is due to sweep in starting Wednesday, bringing another spell of rain nationwide. 
At long last, Taiwan is catching up on some sun. After consecutive days of rainfall, locals were seen out and about, enjoying the rare clear skies. Temperatures were high nationwide. Today, all parts of Taiwan should be on the alert for high temperatures. Highs will reach 33 to 34 degrees and slightly higher in inland mountainous areas and the Rift Valley. But the fair weather won't last long. Starting Tuesday, afternoon thunderstorms are expected in mountainous regions. A new front will move in starting Wednesday, delivering yet another round of rain. In the mountain regions of the north and east, Afternoon thunderstorms will bring heavy localized precipitation. A new front will approach Taiwan on Wednesday and Thursday, so we'll see unstable weather conditions across all regions. The western half of Taiwan will be prone to brief sporadic thunderstorms and showers. After Friday, cloudy to clear skies will gradually return to most parts of the country. On Wednesday, a front will drift south toward Taiwan, keeping the weather damp until the weekend. So if you're hoping to soak up some rays, seize the chance while you can on Tuesday.